You're listening to The Tuesday Club with Sean and Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of The Tuesday Club with me, Sean Holly, and Kyle Reese, And we've got a fabulous guest today. Go back a long way with this fella and uh, he's a long, long way away. And we got him early in the morning out there in New Zealand. It's the one and only, the legendary All Black Scrum Half, Justin Marshall. Yay! Marshall, thanks for joining us. I tell you what, Holster, uh, when I first arrived at the Ospreys and I went into the, my very first team meeting, you certainly didn't introduce me that way. Jeez, I wasn't a, I wasn't a legend and all that sort of stuff. It was like, oh, well, we've got bloody another New Zealander in our mix now. I wonder what this plate's going to be like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I'd already been dragged down by Jason Space by then, see? Yeah, true. That's a very good point. He's easy. He, he's grumpy, so he can drag people into the dark depths, that boy. He's the grumpiest man you'd ever want to meet. Uh, you know. Listen, thanks for coming on. Uh, in New Zealand, at the moment... It's probably one of the safest places in the world. Your 39-year-old female Prime Minister has done an amazing job. How's things there? Yeah, look, um, New Zealand reacted uh, very quickly and probably quite aggressively to, to the COVID um, pandemic, and we shut our country down pretty quick. It, it, was a, it was a pretty ballsy decision by her because at that stage we, we were only recording sort of cases in around the sort of late 20s, 30s. Um, and, and in terms of uh, per day, um, not age. Um, so, you know, for her to then say that we were locking our country down, shutting our borders, uh, and gave people pretty much 48 hours notice, it had a dramatic and quite substantial effect on everybody. But um, it was, it's been proved to have uh, stopped the, the spread reasonably quickly. You know, we had four or five weeks in complete lockdown. Uh, but now we're on the bounce of three days with no cases, um, pretty much two weeks of cases uh, in the single digits. So, yeah, it's um, it's, it's proved to, to work, uh, and um, you know, hopefully we're on top of it. But you just never know, do you? It's um, while all that's very very good, and you know, it's the way that uh, the prime minister has, has tackled this whole thing. The one thing that I'm more excited about is that we get to see the New Zealand teams playing first, and I cannot wait for some rugby. I'll be honest with you, I am missing the rugby. But um, what what a bunch of teams to start playing each other um, inside their own little league that they've created. Uh, I think it's going to start back in uh, the middle of June, isn't it? Yeah, you're, you're absolutely right, Kyle. The good thing is that we've, we've been able to, I guess, by getting on top of uh, this crisis and, and we can start to make some, some plans, not only in terms of our infrastructure and our business and, and, and our economy, but also New, New Zealand, I've played in Wales and I, I know how much the Welsh love their sport, um, <laughs> and particularly rugby. Um, uh, you know, if you have a shit game, you're very quickly reminded by just about every man and dog <laughs> in the street that you played poorly because everyone's seen it and that happens in New Zealand, so it wasn't news to me. But, yeah, look, it's... Um, it's, it's great that, you know, as, I, as I'm saying, like the Welsh, we love our sport. We, we, we almost need it. Um, you know, we live and breathe it. And, and it's not only the professionals, it's, it's the obviously all club sports um, not been happening. It hasn't started for, for the winter for us. So we're all chomping at the bit just to see something. So the fact that Super Rugby, yes, is starting up, you're correct. Um, the 13th of June is the first game over in Dunedin. Um, you know, 10 weeks of 
New Zealand teams, um, you know, slogging it out over a home and away format will be outstanding. It'll be unusual still for the players, you know, uh, empty stadia uh, and, and sort of dealing with that um, in and out. I think they're pretty much in on game day and straight back out. So a, a bit of a change and adjustment for them. But yeah, we are thirsty for sport and um, you'll be able to see it and we'll be able to see it and it'll, it'll brighten people's days, that's for sure. Hey, mate, and the other thing is, for throughout the entire competition is day rugby, which is really unusual for us. We're usually playing at night, so the fact that three o'clock on a um, on a Sunday afternoon you'll be able to go to the pub and have a Sunday roast and and watch some rugby, that'll be pretty cool. Something different. What time will Maybe. that be over here for us to watch then? If it's on the three o'clock in the afternoon there. Um, so that'll be, that'll be early in the morning, two in the morning, or one in the morning, or something like that. So uh, for, for 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 Wales, that'll be good because that'll be. Saturday night at one in the morning, people will still be um, people will still be on the couch <laughs> drinking a few beers, or if you're early out, we're in the pub, so not, not much change. Really. Good times over you. Mate, will you be working? Are you going to be covering the games, calling them? Yeah, I am. So I'm, I'll be. So look, the big big issue is um, getting getting the country back up and running is, is not easy. So you know, here New Zealand have, have been really heavily hit, uh, and, and with all flights being internationally stopped um, and also internally for six weeks as well. So uh, their business has been decimated. Um, so they're, they're up and operational, but only in a, a little s- small proportion of what they were. So uh, travel is not easy. So getting around the country has is, is, is been proving challenging for us. So for me, um, it's not too bad for the first round because it's uh, the, the Highlanders versus the Chiefs at Forsyth Bar Stadium. So I live in Queenstown for anybody's it's been to New Zealand, um, down the bottom of the south, uh, not too far from Invercargill. I wouldn't highly recommend going there for a weekend away, but um, it's it's not too far away from Dunedin. So about a three and a half hour drive for me. So that'll be my my first um, my first commentary in you know uh, quite a long time. So I'm looking forward to the game. Mate, um, Queenstown, Kyle, I don't think you've been to New Zealand, Queenstown. There's not many better places in the in the world, mate. I'm telling you now. And if you follow Marshy on Instagram, and I implore all of our followers to follow Justin because he's got a brilliant life and uh, the place where he lives is fantastic. Then you'll see what I mean. It's a bit cold, but it's absolutely beautiful. Now, just I want to ask you. We talked about commentary. You've coined this phrase, "boomfa." Right, it's yours. <laughs> yeah. It's coming from nowhere. It's yours, mate. Right. I want you to tell us where it's come from, and also it's a two-prong question: how you've exploited it a little bit recently in lockdown. Yeah, look, it, it came about um, from my childhood, really. Uh, it, it's not a word, so I don't know how to feel about that. But anyway, um, we'll, we'll roll with we'll roll with it. Uh, so when when I was a kid, I used to go down and like any young kid and, and watch club rugby down um, in my hometown, um, Matara, and used to watch my dad play. But anyway, we used to sit up in a hedge and, and, and watch the game um, overlooking the field. And whenever there was a big tackle or something uh, quite significant in terms of contact, um, you know, us group of kids uh, used to hear the adults or whatever just saying, oh, boomfa, he got hit. <laughs> and um, it was kind of something that just sort of stuck with me and grew with me. And then I found when I was doing commentary that uh, there was a couple of decent uh, contacts and it just came out of my mouth. And again, people must have wondered what the hell I was saying because, <laughs> you know, again, it's, you won't find it in the dictionary. So 
it's something that just came out and blurted out and um, and then people seem to think that it um, sounded pretty good or they, they liked the meaning of it, even though it doesn't have a meaning. <laughs> but it does now, I guess. So, uh, yeah, it just it was just something that came about. So I, um, I, I uh, decided to trademark it and, and just, you know, you never know where something like that will go it's for no, no other reason than I felt that uh, if, I, if I could, I kind of had a little bit of so-called rights to the room, even though uh, the room word, even though I didn't have anything to do with inventing it. Um, but yeah, just second part of your, your question. Um, the best thing that I did was just before lockdown, I was like, right, how am I going to handle this? This is going to be, you know, who, who knows? It could be months of isolation and we don't know what we're going to be able to access. So. I got in touch with this brewing company called Williams Warren. And I said, look, the one thing I don't want to do, lads, is run out of beer while I'm in isolation. <laughs> isolation. So <laughs> they said, look, no worries. So they, they sent me down a, um, a home brew kit. Now, this is not the standard ones that probably all three of us know from 20 years ago, where yeah. someone's saying they're making home brew in your garage, you run for cover because you know it's going to taste awful. <laughs> this is state of the art. So they sent it down to me and I started um, – uh, fiddling away with it and, and really really enjoyed making beer and, and it actually surprisingly it's a lot easier than back in the day it comes out really drinkable um, and and once you know the process it works quite well so I thought well I'm now making all this beer it looks like we're going to be in here for a long time you know what are we going to do with it apart from you know I can't I can't drink it all myself um, I could give it a go but um, I kind of thought well uh, I'd quite like to make a beer that I could send out to all of our our essential workers, all the people working in the hospitals, the supermarkets, the couriers, keeping the country going while we're all in lockdown, um, you know, sacrificing a lot away from their families, their kids. And it'd be nice. No one likes better after a hard day's work, sport, whatever it might be, sitting down with a nice ice cold minus two beer and saying, yep, yeah, there's another day. I've got another one tomorrow, but I've earned this beer today. So... That's what I did. I had some challenges getting it in a can and, and, um, and getting it out. Can you believe it? You're not allowed to send out free beer. Really? You're not allowed to. No. No, you need a license and, and you also um, then you um, need to pay tax. And uh, I was just like, so yeah, I, I said that I was going to do it through my through my Instagram and, and people sent in all their um, essential workers list and um, I got lots of replies saying, yeah, we, this guy deserves a beer, these people do, you know, paramedics, whatever it might be, people working at the hospitals, um, keeping the country going. And then I went to send it out and, and the fun police. Um, <laughs> the FPs. Customs. The old customs got in contact with me and said, um, you can't do that, mate. And I was like, I'm, I'm not charging them for it. I'm just giving it to them. I'm giving, giving beer away. But uh, anyway, I, I managed to do it through another resource and, and got it out there. So, so that's the story. Good on you, mate. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's a hell of an initiative. I love the can. I could almost taste it because I'm not drinking a lot in lockdown. I'm, I'm in training mode with the two boys at the moment. But I, I'm looking at a can thinking, that's got Marshy written all over it. <laughs> Literally, you know what I mean? I'm thinking, I just know how cold it was. I mean, Kylie came to my house with his lovely wife, Nicole, once to watch um, the All Blacks against France and um, turns up with a beret and a string of onions around his neck and a, and a slab of Stella. But he also brought a, a slab of this low-carbohydrate beer that he'd been drinking because he was training and playing. He found this bloody low-carb uh, beer. Probably drunk twice as much of it, knowing much as they do anyway. But brilliant stuff, man. Brilliant how much stuff. How much is it going to take to get a case shipped over to me and Sean then? 
<laughs> well, you see, that's that was my plan when I, when I when I heard from Sean and he said, um, "Oh, that looks good. It's making me thirsty." <laughs> and uh, you, you're you're actually looking thirsty already, Kyle. To be perfectly honest, uh, <laughs> he's always thirsty. <laughs> I thought, um, uh, well, I'll bring some over to the UK. There's a couple of people I could give a nice cold beer, but. Um, that that tour doesn't look like it's going to happen uh, anymore. Where we were due to play Wales, which is a, which is a, well, it's not going to happen in November when it was supposedly supposed to be happen. But you know they may reschedule it. So um, yeah, the challenge is to try and um, export at the moment, which is not ideal. But I do promise to both of you when I make it to Wales or I can get um, some beer over, I'll send you a can to uh, <laughs> give me some feedback. Uh, hey, the other thing I did do was when I was tampering away in the garage, the one thing that I didn't learn was how to know what percentage of alcohol it was. <laughs> so, <laughs> early days, I was only having about four cans and I was feeling absolutely hammered. And they told me it was supposed to be about 4.8%, but I think I was rocking it up around 6%. So I just <laughs> d- decreased a bit of, a bit of the sugar or whatever. The um, new, the new so, super tin. But yeah, this, yeah mate, it, it does right. what it says it on the tin. <laughs> Because I'm making it down in the garage, um, my wife doesn't have any clue what you know what I'm up to and how much time. I'm just like I've got a newborn baby in the house. They don't check it, make sure it's warm, then make sure it's chilled and look after it, make sure it's fermenting properly. After those first few can came down and found me asleep on the ground. <laughs> so <laughs> I managed to get it out at about five point two percent. So yeah, it's sitting quite solid. But as soon as you can export it, uh, you let us know because we'll have it. And we'll, pr- we'll promote it on you, mate. We'll buy it and we'll sh- stick it out there, mate. We'll we'll support you all the way. Great stuff. Great stuff. Listen, Jess, obviously we we'll chat a bit about rugby and stuff. And other than uh, commentating and getting high off your own supply of bumper in your garage, <laughs> what have you been up to uh, in the lockdown? Or, no, not in the lockdown, before lockdown and hopefully after lockdown. What sort of things do you get up to? Because obviously you're an ex-All Black, now commentator. What's a day in the life of Justin Marshall when there isn't any rugby? Yeah, well, it's, it's a good question. Um, you know, obviously with commentary, as Sean will know, um, and TV, uh, it's quite um, sporadic. So you could be doing something during the week. Um, predominantly, most weekends are busy for me, so it's an unusual lifestyle. Uh, that you know, when when people are building towards momentum towards the end of the week, uh, looking forward to a weekend, that's when I'm starting to work. So you know, that alienates you to a certain degree because you, you know you're sociably, um, you know, when everybody's looking to to go out or to, to have some some beers and a barbecue, whatever it might be at home, um, I'm away working. So the challenge is kind of trying to, to get a good balance there. Um, I, I find that with my kids, I, I watch a lot of trainings and don't see any games, which is kind of weird. Um, but, you, you know, you've got to adjust your lifestyle to, to that degree. Um, you know, with, with media, it brings in all, all sorts of other avenues. So I, I do radio and print work as well during the week, which, which keeps me occupied. We have shows here with Sky. Um, I play a little bit of golf uh, when it suits me. I'm a fair weather golfer. I, I enjoy getting out and being active. I play squash as well. So uh, I train most days as well. Um, I'm not the body type of Kyle. Uh, and Sean knows this, that can have a few cans of Bumfar and, and something to eat. And um, it's, it's better yeah. there the next day. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> anything that I put in, I have to work off. So um, unfortunately, I've, I've got that genetics. So that, that's what I've I been missing myself. is the work off bit. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, mate. I saw that they're advertising at the moment this thing on TV where 
you can be sitting down like we are now and there's a little um, pedal machine that you, that you sit on and you uh, and what, while you're doing whatever you're doing. And, and honestly, I'm thinking, surely that doesn't work. If it did work, it would be awesome. Um, so, yeah, I, th- that keeps me pretty busy. busy. Um, and, yeah, then, then well, uh, my wife works full-time too, so I'm pretty busy with my three children who are 18, 16, and 14 at the moment. And um, everyone who has kids around them, that age will know that they've got their buddy dipping their toe into most things. Uh, we, we, you know, we have skiing here as well, which is coming up very shortly in the winter, which keeps um, everybody uh, occupied up on the mountain too. So I don't know, in a roundabout way you're going, well, you really haven't said something substantial, but like I honestly am not sitting around twiddling my thumbs and, and um, you know, uh, wondering what to do. Uh, I'm, I'm constantly busy. Yeah, I'm I'm the same, mate. Uh, it, you know, it's always something to do. And when you got three teenagers like me, like you, and um, there's plenty to do. That's one thing I've learned in lockdown, mate. Is you know, the five of us and a dog have been here together for seven, eight weeks now, and it hasn't always been easy, pal. That's for sure. <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit about rugby because we got the news a few weeks ago that the All Blacks are picking a new captain, Sam Kane, yep. and. If I'm honest, mate, I was a little bit surprised. You know, I know it's a new coaching team and that, but I was a little I thought maybe Bodie might have got it. I thought even he could have gone and shipped it over to somebody like Retalic. What's your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, um, yeah, all worthy candidates. Um, Brody Retalic, uh, uh, yeah, he, he's he's not available um, until 2022 no, or maybe mid-2021. <laughs> so that rules him out, Holster. Good to see you've done your research. Um, <laughs> Bode, Bode and Barrett, um, a bit like Sam Kane, it's, you know, about Bode and Barrett getting control of the jersey he's going to wear. And at the moment, he probably doesn't have that. Um, obviously, he was playing fullback at, at the Rugby World Cup with, with uh, Richie Monga playing 10. So, you know, he's, he's got some challenges there um, with Damien McKenzie back and starting to play some good rugby. Uh, so, um, Nahi Milner-Scudder's returned to New Zealand as well. Um, so, you know, there is some competition in the fullback jersey uh, and in the, and in the fly-half jersey. So, Sam Kane isn't without his challenges, and I agree with yeah. you, you know, like, um, uh, you know, the, the Artie Savier was probably, well, it was our player of the year last year, and they, they occupy the same jersey. Um, you know, Sam can switch uh, to, to, to blindside and he probably can play number eight, which he was starting to do with the Chiefs. But, you know, he's, he's got some challenges in front of him to hold on to his jersey as well. So that, that'll be first and foremost in, in his mindset to, to do that. But uh, I do know I've, I've spent some time with the All Blacks in their camp and been lucky enough to do that under Steve Hansen and just observe them for a day. That's the only thing I was doing. And, and I was really um, surprised. This was about two to three years ago how much input Sam Kane had. He, he had a lot. Uh, he was very much a player that, that uh, the coaches and other senior players at the time, because Sam was only yeah, he's 24. Um, the likes of, you know, you've you got your McCaws and Carters and Kieran Reeds, uh, Ma'a Nonu and all that involved in the team. But he's, he still had very much a voice for a young player. So they've been grooming him, I think, because he he's a good, he's a good man. Um, he's got a, he never looked, he's never rattled. I think you can see he's really composed. Um, reminds me of a Sam Warburton, actually. Uh, you know, just 
yeah. unflappable. And, uh, you know, and when he speaks, people listen. And that, that's a real skill set, believe me. Um, yeah. I can't entirely say, that, entirely say that I've got that under control uh, completely. But, you know, yeah, you had your moments, speaks, Matt. You had, you had your moments, yeah, yeah. that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's been something that's been um, sort of there in the background of the All Blacks for quite a while, that he is a potential leader. And, and under Ian Foster, he believes that he's the right man for the job. Sure. One thing I've learned is uh, watching the um, All or Nothing documentary about the All Blacks. Oh, yeah. Um, and obviously yourself being an All Black, it, it just rugby means a lot, like you said earlier. Rug, it means a lot to Welsh people, to Welsh people who play, uh, Welsh players and to other countries. But didn't really realise how much it meant to, well, yourself, obviously, and the players now, past, present, what it means to, to wear that black jersey and the culture. It's it's not just about the game, it's everything. It's ancestry, it's culture. Um, so will he be, when, when everything kicks back off, will he be feeling it? Will, be, will he be having that pressure of all that and I am the new captain of the All Blacks? Yeah, for sure. And you're 100% right. Um, I mean, the way that New Zealanders feel about the All Blacks, uh, there's a lot of history there to, to protect and preserve uh, and, and more importantly, enhance. You know, that's what you're very much given the message of when the, when the, the first minute that you walk into the, the All Black environment is, you know, there's some history here that a lot of players have fought hard to, um, to make and, and your job is to um, respect that history, but also enhance it. Don't leave the jersey in a worse place uh, than it is now. And and he'll be very well aware of that as an all-black captain. That you Now, they do say, and I've been there myself actually and experienced this, what it's like to be an all-black captain. That, uh, there's more pressure than being the prime minister of the country. So, you know, that, that, that entails with it uh, a hell of a lot of pressure. Um, so, you know, like I said, you've, when you're even when you're dealing with things like fighting for your jersey and just making sure you're selected, uh, the whole country uh, you're answerable to. And, um, you know, that, that, that with it, again, um, can really challenge you to, to be, you know, and maintain being positive. So, uh, like, like I said, that, that, that would certainly have been considered and been watched by the All Blacks. Um, he has captained the All Blacks before Sam Kane, so they've, they've, they've given him a, a little sample of it. Um, but, yes, uh, Particularly when things go wrong. When things go wrong, um, that really, truly does test your character as, as an all-black captain. And uh, it's not going to go all right for the all-blacks because uh, when they finally get going again, they've, they've had a massive change in personnel and coaches. Uh, you know, to a degree, game plan's been worked out a bit by the rest of the world. That was evident at the Rugby World Cup. So they've got to evolve, evolve quickly uh, and, and make, some, make some changes that are going to make them um, top of the heap again because at the moment I think they're not there so yeah it's uh, it's a pretty big task that he's walking into it's, it's just hey, um, it's gone, sorry, Kyle's um, Kyle's a, a big Osprey fan big Wales fan and I know he's itching to ask a couple of things mate right it's difficult for me because you and I were there Right, but yeah, Kyle, come on. What do what do what do you got up for Justin? Well, no, obviously you was you were you were with the Ospreys for a few years. You played for a few clubs when you came to the UK. Um, mm. Well, I recently learned as well, obviously because we do our research. I do our research anyway. Sean does, and obviously, <laughs> did you did you know personally? You scored uh, the the most points for all the clubs you played for in the UK. You scored the most for the Ospreys. So I thank you. <laughs> 
Wow. And, and, and I thank you for your incredible research. It's, uh, oh, I did not know that. So um, there we are. I'm pleased to hear that. There's someone uh, you can put on the fridge. It's not because the coach thinks I was greedy, but yeah, that's good to know. No, I know what it was. It was the K-Phil me. <laughs> the Kai-Phil May. Oh, we, that, we got a story um, about that. Yeah, isn't it interesting that um, that, that move, Kai-Phil May, that, uh, that we had with the Ospreys, which you're right, it's very lucrative for, for a scrum half. Um, you know, the, 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 the seas just part in this complicated line-out extravaganza, uh, which is, you know, I often wonder about the complication of line-outs when, when you're involving forwards and, and type five players in particular because... <laughs> Some of the blank looks you get when some complicated calls come out, and you're just thinking, by hell, do they even know where this is going? Or what's <laughs> um, but anyway, we, we actually managed to finally come up with a move, move that worked well, and um, it was quite lucrative for me. But uh, I was doing some commentary on a game, and um, unbeknown to me at the time, uh, it was a super rugby game. Um, we, uh, we were doing the commentary, and all of a sudden my phone started beeping because uh, a team... Um, that I was commentating on, uh, which is coached by f- former Osprey fellow Tietia, did the move Kaifil May. And as it was, the, the, the Red Sea parted and through this, the halfback went, scored a try. And I got a message beeping on my phone immediately from from Sean here saying, Kaifil May, mate, Kaifil May, it's leaked out of Wales. You know, so. Um, <laughs> Yeah, dirty old fellow, you know, you're supposed to keep those really secret moves to to within the organisation. Um, fellow must have been desperate for some wins, so he Mate, took that was, move to, it, to his team. It was, it was gold because I was sat there watching it. It was like a Saturday morning or whatever, and um, Marshy's commentated with old Nesbau. He's seen the play and he's gone, that's an old, we had that play, that's Philo, we had that play at the Ospreys. And Nesbau's gone to him, what was the play called, mate? Can you remember it? Oh, that's Marshy's right. gone, Marshy's gone. He's at a blank, you know, because I'm oh, watching yeah. it going, it's okay for me, just come on. So I text him now, boom. his phone's gone, beep, beep. There's a break in play, it comes back, there's vote, I got it. <laughs> <It's okay> <laughs> <for> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> and then he goes, I've just had a text from my old coach, Sean Holly, the holster, and he'll be loving it. <laughs> Another question I want to ask you, Jess, is um, Golden Mike? Yeah, Golden Mike, um, and, and that's him there right in frame. So <laughs> we, uh, I, I got to experience Golden Mike a little bit in my time um, playing in Wales where, where uh, Sean here was known as the, well, he's pretty much the, the local MC around, um, you know, around Swansea, around Port Talbot. Uh, you know, anything around there, bridge end and all that, you know, if, if there's a function, old Golden Mike's here with his Golden Mike and he's, uh, he could be walking down the street and go past some random pub or real estate agents or whatever and there'll be a gathering of people and old Golden Mike could be standing there on a chair, uh, you know, he'd, he'd be bellowing out or he'd be, he'd be interviewing somebody. So, um, Do you know, you know what, that, that, is, abs- that is absolutely uh, correct. Yeah. Oh, so I coined the phrase uh, "Golden Mike." You know, the where um, and he coming off his suitcase and, and pop it open, and out pops the Golden Mike. And he's got a particular way of holding it as well. So he's never a pen, but he gets it right up there on the chin, <laughs> so that so that every word is heard. You know, he doesn't want one word to be missed or for himself to be misunderstood. That's a, that is a 
traditional golden bike. Do you know what, Jess? When we started this podcast, we had uh, Sean luckily had a little bit of kit, so he was like, "Oh, we'll use my kit. We'll do it for the first episode, and you know, maybe we'll get picked up in the future." But you know, we had big dreams. But we're sitting in my living room for the first episode, and he's giving me coaching lessons on how to hold the mic. <laughs> and that's, that is exactly what he said. Right, you want to get it just just there on the chin, now, so you can you can yeah. nobody will miss anything. But no, that, that is spot on. These people are paying good money for me to MC things. They don't want to miss a thing, mate. Very, very good money. Very good money. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we, Kyle, we actually do have a, a, a good relationship, me and Marshy, right? So he rinses me all the time. But um, I know I'm loving it so far. It's not the only time he, he's uh, he's picked on me. I remember a story. Um, in the warm up to, to games, we'd have a team warm up, but Marshy'd like to go aside just for a couple of minutes with me. A couple of left handed passes, a couple of right handed passes, a couple of little rubber kicks. You know, right? <laughs> We right, just little, just a little five minutes, me and him, and I'm giving a bit of chit chat, and I'm getting a bit psyched as well, you know. But it's, Mar- it's Marshy's way of zoning in. That's all. That's all it is, you know. We're playing Gloucester away at Kings Home in the Heineken Cup, right live on Sky. It's packed in the shed. It's packed. Of course, I'm, I'm psyched. I'm up right. Right, come on, Marshy, it's good. Do our five minutes. Unbeknown to me, he takes me you now right in front Hang of on. the shed. Right. Yeah, but, but what you got to. Re- Gloucester is one of, and I love all the people from Gloucester and the stadium and the field and everything, and it's brilliant. But it's feral there. It is, honestly. Oh, I've nasty. been there and I've been on the bench, and uh, they have absolutely given me the best and most hideous verbals I've ever experienced. And uh, they're brutal. They are completely passionate for Gloucester. So, and you're getting some. In the, the this as, as we're warming up, it's not pleasant. No, and, and as we're warming up, you're getting some because the boys doing line outs over yeah. there, the backs over there. It's me and Marshy right in front of the shed and the lights, and it's a bit dewy and misty, you know. I've got my trainers on, Marshy's looking a million dollars normal, couple off the left, couple off the right, couple of grubbers, it's that and the other. The whistle goes in, right? I'm left there like that now. Marshy's done a couple of box kicks, and with a box kick, you hit the, the end of the ball, so it goes up end and end. But Marshy had a snowflake as well, right? Yes. Which means, which means you hit the fat part of the ball, bang, right up it goes. But because you hit the biggest part of the air, it comes down like a snowflake. So if you're underneath it, you got no chance. <laughs> so he pumps a snowflake up in the air now, right in front of the shed in Gloucester, right, and runs to the changing room, holsters <laughs> under it in his daps in his trainers, and the whole shed's going. Oh, oh. <laughs> Down, eeyore, eeyore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, uh, I tell you, it was gold. It gold. was gold for you, not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! Uh, listen, Jesse. I used to love. Uh, I used to love doing that. To, he won't like me saying this, but um, I used to do that to a guy you would be familiar with. Played a lot. He was a fantastic player for for um, Cardiff, Ben Blair. Um, and, and he was a real he, he was a real revelation in, in, in uh, Cardiff, I think. But I used to do that to him um, when we were teammates at the Crusaders. Used to uh, just before we'd go in, um, he'd like like a couple because he played fullback, a couple of confidence up and unders just before he goes in. You know, because fullback's going to get a couple of decent high high balls early in the game. So I just used to go over there and I'd hit him run, you know, hit it properly up the way we go and you'd jump up and 
you know, maybe two meters off the ground and come back down and almost mark it and it looks really good. And I'll think, you little, you little shit, that looked good actually. So the next one, just before we're about to go in the shed, I'll hit him with a snow flake and up this thing, this thing would go and you can't go up for it. It's impossible because it, and he would drop it and his head would go down and I'd already be running off the field to the tunnel. So you can't have one more, I'm just confident. Right. So just, um, I know you're, you're coming out of lockdown there in New Zealand, but we're, we're still in it here. And we've been chatting on the Tuesday club a lot to our guests about things like TV and um, box sets. Is there anything you've been sort of aligning to any sporting ones that uh, I know I have been looking at? I'm sure you have as well. I've been really enjoying all our uh, archive stuff that I've been putting on, which has um, been, you know, it's been good to sort of look back, uh, not not in particular on when I was playing Super Rugby in the early days, um, but all sport, you know, the Cricket World Cups, and um, yeah, it's quite it's quite nice to finally, I guess you never really get the chance to look back on sport um, because there's so much sport in your face that's live and and you know current, so. I've, I've, I've enjoyed that, but I've been watching a bit more TV. I, I, I really enjoy my movies. I like sitting down, um, you know, after the, the kids have quietened down and had their food and, uh, and watching a nice movie. Um, yeah, I tend to watch quite a few uh, box sets as well, particularly just got into that with my travel. You know, they're easy to watch on airplanes and um, yeah. consume time. So, yeah, I've been doing a bit of that. I've, uh, I've been watching, what have I been watching lately? Uh, you watched I, The I Last Dance? Finders. Peaky Blinders, I like Oh, that. Peaky Blinders. Yeah, Peaky yeah. Blinders. Um, what did you think Vikings, of season like five? That. Sorry, mm-hmm. I, I just asked, what did you think of season five of Peaky Blinders? Have you seen it yet? No, I haven't. I've got it downloaded and I'm ready to go. So um, I've been working my way through it. I really enjoyed four with the Mafia. Yeah, that yeah. was cool. Um, so, yeah, not letting too much out. Is it good? <laughs> oh, oh, I mean, it's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, I'll, I'll let you watch it. But yeah, it is good. Mate, you mentioned Vikings oh, okay. there. Um I've been watching Vikings. That's a long haul, but that's really good too. Uh, yep. Ragnar Ragnar Lothbrok, that one. Ragnar Lothbrok, yeah, yeah. The first, you know, the first two when he's involved, in particular, are very, very good. Um, yeah, and I guess just in terms of movies, uh, you know, as you can see here, Holster, I've done my research on the uh, the fact that you might have been going to be asking me a little bit about movies and TV, so uh, I'm just. Preempting here um, was uh, I really like my uh, my Tarantino movies. Um, you know his 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 dialogue and the way that he basically pieces a story together in a movie quite fascinates me. I'm a big fan of Guy Ritchie as well. You know your Lockstock, Layer Cake. Um, you know Tarantino all the way back to Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. Movies like that they just uh, best best you know, Tarantino film has got to be True Romance though. Yeah. Oh, how good was that? You know, I think that's Brilliant. one of the you know, all-time greats, true romance, and quite a lot of people haven't haven't seen it. But no, I haven't seen it. Basic oh. Terry, oh, it's great, Tarantino and um, Christian you know, Slater. Yeah, Christian Slater, um, Patricia Arquette, them two. It's like um, it's like a runaway love story. So they they're two sort of like outcasts. They meet. He gets her out of a jam. They run away, and then like all sorts of like Tarantino does, like Justin was saying, all sorts of storylines intertwine. Oh, anyway, I could talk about that all night. It's one of my favorite films ever. Yeah, yeah. Dennis Hopper, he's in it. He plays a great part. It's very yeah. good. Very good movie. Man, there's a couple of um, sporting ones. I don't know if you've seen um, the Test by the Aussie cricket team. No, I don't. No, I've seen it. the one. I've seen the. I've seen the one about the. Um, 
the Caribbean about the, the West Indies oh, in Australia. I've yet to watch that. Mm, that's very good. But no, I haven't seen the test, no. Man, the test picks up from um, Sandpaper Gate. Oh, yeah. just, Justin Langer takes over a couple of years that and today I just finished the, the Michael Jordan The Last Dance that's mate you love it I've heard yes my my, um, my two boys have been watching that and they said it's absolutely outstanding oh. uh, in fact to be perfectly honest they watched it around about the last week of lockdown and our basketball hoop outside has never been so used so that actually <laughs> it got them got them out of their bedrooms which was great but yeah I, I'm due to watch that and I've really been enjoying watching the uh, Formula 1 as well I'm not a I wouldn't say I'm a Formula One car racing fan, but the Formula One series that they've pieced together those those two two years are fascinating. Really, really enjoyable watching. It's, it's hey, can you imagine? Can you imagine Netflix came into the Ospreys during our time and did a fly on the wall? Be a bestseller. I tell you what. Yeah, some people would have to keep their clothes on a lot more than they used to. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet you were one of them as well, Just. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I tell you what, I, I mean in a way around the rugby environment, obviously. Uh, but yes, you know, some people just like sitting in their room naked, you know, like um, not not pleasant when you have to be their roommate. But yeah, it's uh, it would probably be an R18, the Ospreys, I'd imagine, hol- uh, holster, I'd say. I reckon it would, mate. Yeah, too many things to uh, to talk about. Your, there's an article that just came out this week. I think you, you did a, a Scrum Fight podcast and something was picked up on Wheels Online. The usual thing, mate, you know, the Mike Phillips thing. And, um, oh, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's come out pretty big news here. But, uh, yeah, good times, mate. It was. Um, you mentioned squash earlier. I remember we used to play squash quite a bit because you would have a, I think it was an Achilles issue, was it? So your speed stuff. We just went and played squash over in the the posh club there. That was uh, you got me in a bit of shape. I think I scored a couple. Yeah, of yeah. <laughs> yeah I, um, well, it was good for me. Um, you know, the, the thing with me. I tell you what, this looks like a Twilight movie behind me, doesn't it? What is that? It's just a reflection. I'm going to move that. Well, I <laughs> thought you were in, a, in. I thought you were in your chopping area. In a dungeon. Uh, <laughs> um, was uh, sort of later in my career. Uh, I think. Probably started for Robbie Deans actually when he was coaching me at the Crusaders. You could see that my attention span in the gym was starting to waver a bit. Um, as a sort of late twenty-year-old, I didn't feel that I was really going to significantly get much stronger. Um, pretty much for me, it was about trying to stay fit and, and agile uh, and explosive rather than putting on beef. So um, he, he encouraged me to get back on the squash court. He thought it was excellent, uh, training specific, which it is. You know you forward, your back, your sideways, it's explosive. So squash was very good for me. And then I think my last year that I played in the UK, um, they also at Saracens, uh, they smelt a rat of mine and Glenn Jackson's enthusiasm in the gym. It was pretty much at, at uh, the lowest level it could be. We were both both retiring at the end of that season. And I think um, the, the trainer at the time, after about three weeks, just said, oh, this is ridiculous, you two. Why don't you just piss off and play badminton? Well, while everyone else does does weights, so um, <laughs> Glenn Jackson and I spent most of our time on those uh, cold, frosty mornings in Harpenden in, in, uh, in London um, in a nice warm gym playing badminton against each other. You know? <laughs> With a little sauna afterwards and a cup of head, coffee. Yeah, had the headbands on and the wristbands and we'd go and knock it around and then we'd go have a nice, uh, nice hot coffee and meanwhile the young fellas were sweating it out in the gym, so yeah. 
It's good fun. That must be where you got your squash from, is it? Because you took me to play squash, Justin, and I was absolutely bollocks after it. <laughs> he, he must have hit, yes, me, he must uh, have hit me with the ball more than he hit the ball at the wall <laughs> oh yeah get out of the well, way what, i would imagine carl you would command a good good strong presence on the tee you know just <laughs> nice and solid there and um if you could get anything to that if you could get anything to that front wall just give him a decent shoulder don't let him pass you that would be my idea of uh he's too busy running around me mate i was sat on the tee <laughs> Hey, listen, mate, obviously we, we mix a lot of rugby with showbiz on the podcast. Uh, we briefly touched on some yeah. films there that you like, but every guest we have on, we do ask them for their top three films of all time if they were the only films you could watch for the rest of your life. So starting from three to one, Justin Marshall, let's have your top three films. Number three, I would I would definitely say Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels. I really enjoy that movie. Um, get a lot of get a lot of fun out of it every time I watch it. Uh, I'm a big fan of Gladiator as well. Nice. Um, good Kiwi actor, Russell Crowe. Yep. Um, and probably my all-time favourite movie that I could just watch and watch and watch again um, would be Platoon. Oh, really? Has that surprised you? Yeah. Yeah. It has. Yeah. I think Sorry, and you know, it's probably along the lines of well, it was probably between Platoon and, and uh and Predator, the very first Predator. Yeah. When Arnold goes into the jungle. Oh yeah, I, I enjoyed that too. What's the matter, Dylan? CIA got to push into many pencils. <laughs> that's a that's a great one line, isn't it? Isn't it? Oh my god. Uh, Mate, who would play Justin Marshall in the epic? Who would play? Oh, really? Uh, good question. I'm, I'm thinking probably Mel Gibson. <laughs> well, then or no? <laughs> no, then, then. <laughs> then, then, then when he was um, when he was William Wallace. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I used That's to. A good I, used show, to run, I used to run a mullet, and uh, yeah, I think I think he well, he's obviously uh, Australian, so he could get the accent pretty easy. Um, yeah, Mel Gibson. Yeah. That's a good show. That is. I, I I was thinking about this. Who who would who who would you cast, Kyle? Who would you who would you cast? For, well, hang uh, on. Sorry, sorry. One thing is here's a, here's a real quick funny story. Um, <laughs> I, I was playing my last year in. Uh, in Christchurch with the Crusaders, and I was, I was uh, we, we played a game on the Friday night, and I'd, um, I, I liked experiment every now and then with my hair, um, and had a bit of, bit of blonde, uh, blonde tips in it. I've been, been, and you know, recently got it blow waved and coloured to within an inch of its life, and played the game anyway. I was walking around the local supermarket the next morning. We had a good win with the Crusaders, and I was, you know, out getting some breakfast and. You're used to it in New Zealand, people approaching you and talking about the game. So, um, you know, I was busy at the fruit section grabbing something uh, and this, I could see this lady was looking at me and I just minded my own business. And sure enough, she came up to me and she said, oh, hi. And I thought, oh, yeah, here we go. You know, it's going to be about the game last night. What did I do right or what did I do wrong? Um, might be, oh, well done on a good win last night. 
and she sort of looked at me and you know, I looked back and um, she said, uh, and I was waiting for it, you know, maybe criticism. She said, Does um, anyone ever told you you look like Val Kilmer? <laughs> Do you know what? That's... And I reckon I had, I, had two av- I had two avocados and I, I dropped the avocados. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And I hear my expecting this bloody rugby question. Um, and uh, that just came out of left field. And nice. I was thinking, you know, would Val Kilmer play me? No, I don't think so. So oh, you play Batman? He played Batman? Yeah, he yeah. did. He did play Batman. I wouldn't yeah. mind the lack they'll play Batman play with me. Come on. True. I really liked him in that one with uh, Robert De Niro as well. With, uh, Heat. Uh, Heat. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Brilliant film. Mm. Yeah. And Doc Holliday. He played, he played Doc Holliday as well in uh, Tombstone. I'm your Huckleberry. <laughs> Man, he, could, he, could, he could play you, but Mel Gibson's a good shout. Thanks. Yeah, he's a good shout. He's a bit more rugged and tough. Yeah. A bit like you, man. Actually, <laughs> quick story there. And this is, be- if Nicole's listening, this is before Justin was married. Was he your dad who worked in the meat factory, Just? Yeah. So, Justin, oh, I think I know, was... what you're going... I know what you're going to say here. <laughs> I love this story, right? He, um, Justin, he used to get some summer work or whatever, right? So he'd be taking bones out of the meat and this, that, and the other, right? So when he was younger, before he was married and so on, and he'd go out and girls would say, you know, what do you do? He'd say, I'm a boner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I bone. I bone. I'm a professional. <laughs> so I'm definitely going to have to click, click the explicit section when we upload this podcast then. <laughs> yeah. I could go on and on and on. But listen, Jess, it's been great having you on the Tuesday Club. We always finish off with a little bit of... Um, what we call up and under. Just 10 quick-fire questions, two choices. You've got to say honestly, what do you think? You up for it? Sure. Okay, Justin Marshall, all-black legend. You're about to go on the Tuesday Club, up and under. Here we go. Batman or Superman? Batman. Steve Hansen or Graham Henry? Steve Hansen. Beer or wine? Beer. Mertens or Spencer? Mertens. Beating England or beating Australia? Beating England. Chinese or Indian? Indian. Leeds or Ospreys? Ospreys. Ben Stokes or Steve Smith? Ben Stokes. Ian Bell? Belly. <laughs> <laughs> Last one. Mike Phillips or Byron Kelleher? Oh, no way! <laughs> Unanswerable. Unanswerable. Got him. You did. You snowflaked me on the last one. <laughs> I had to get you back. King's home all those years ago, mate. Got gotcha. you. The snowflake. <laughs> you didn't have to answer yeah. that. Thanks. Mate, thanks very much for coming on. You've been a ledge as usual. Um, good luck now with the, with the rugby that's coming on, right, and all the commentary. Good luck with Bumfer. Let us know when we can buy some and you can export it over to us. Uh, it's been fabulous having you. I'm looking forward to listening to you in, uh, in June, mate. 
Yeah, thanks, Holster. Uh, Kyle, really nice to chat to you and meet you, mate. Um, and you're doing a great job in your, in your podcast, boys. Uh, to all the people in Wales, um, you're, you're dear to my heart. Uh, I've got a Welsh daughter. Uh, I love coming back. I'm disappointed I can't make it this, uh, this year, but stay safe, look after yourself. Uh, and if you do that, um, very soon you'll be back to normal. And I can't wait to get back to, uh, back to see you all in person. Take care. Okay.